0: How are we doing, ladies and gents? Guess what? We're back in town together. We're hanging out in Chicago for this debrief. And today we're going to talk about some learning experiences that we had from our previous contract and what's next in store for us.
1: Yeah, Diego was definitely a a very, it it was a fun time. It was a fun time even though we floated a lot. The city was great. Probably the biggest takeaway that we probably took together for our learning lesson was probably dealing with floating. You have to just kind of get over it. That's probably the major thing. And the most important thing when you're struggling with with getting floated is communication. Ask for help. Be more open. Because you're not coming to the same unit. So you have to just familiarize, familiarize yourself and open up quicker than you would work in a regular unit. Because sometimes you could delay opening up, asking for help, things like that. Maybe you could be a little bit more timid and shyer for a long period of time when you're just on one unit because you see the same people over and over again and you get you get used to them over over the, the length of time. But when you're floating a lot, sometimes it's just, it's just like you might just be there for three shifts and you might not be there again. So you wanna make those three shifts as efficient and as good of an experience as, as you can make them. So communications are a really big one. Know who the charge nurse is. Know who is also not floating to the unit because you're going to want to Get assistance from the nurses that are staffed there, because if you're floating there, you're usually not the only one floating there. Sometimes I've been to units where there's four or five floats, like on a med surge or, or a tele, tele floor, where there's three nurses that got floated from the ICU to this tele floor, and another one from oncology or something. So you don't really want to ask those for guidance, even though though they're still good resources. It's just that you want to find somebody that's actually familiar with the unit and knows the the protocols and where to find certain paperwork especially if you're doing a blood transfusion and you got to fill out some paperwork, you're not going to find much luck asking the ICU nurse, hey, do you know where the blood transfusion paperwork is uh, or how to fill out like a slip or something? You're not going to know. They're not, it's not their home unit. Yeah,
0: and, be- and because we floated a lot, you should make the best of that experience. So what energy are you bringing to the environment that you're co- currently going to be working? So you, work, you walk into the ICU and you see you have, you have to float Okay, if you have a negative mindset about things, you're bringing that energy into the other unit, that person is going to be less receptive of wanting to help you because you're already in a down mood that that radiates. So might as well, just like we said, it's a learning experience. What am I going to learn today? What am I going to learn from this floating position? Because you're just gaining knowledge, you're working in different unit, just make the best of it. So bring a good at bring a good energy to the atmosphere that you're going to be placed. And it's going to be day and night. Mm and share your knowledge. For example, if
1: you're floating from the ICU to a tele floor, and let's just say a nurse is having a patient that might be bradycardic, a little bit bradycardic, like they're not dying or anything like that, nothing crazy. They're, they're just breathing a little bit slowly. They're, they're sleeping, they're a little hypotensive, and the nurses know what's going on. Well, maybe take a look. Maybe the nurse gave a beta blocker and some morphine, which is going to decrease their blood pressure, heart rate, and respiratory effort, right? And it's not saying that, hey, the patient's uptunded, they're okay. No, it's saying that, hey, the nurse is a little bit worried, but the patient's still, you know, times four, able to do all these things, but their vote was a little bit off. So instead of them needing to call rapid because their patient is borderline hypotensive, borderline bradycardic, and borderline um, respiratory rates kind of on, on the lower end, instead of them having to call rapid, just be like, hey, yeah, I noticed that you gave a beta blocker and an opioid. This is going to happen. You can wait it out a little bit if it doesn't get any worse then we could kind of let this roll before you escalate anything. Because we definitely don't have to really, really reverse it right now because the patient's still walking. He's able to tell you his name, date of birth, where he's at, why he's here, he's completely there. Except his vitals are just on, a, on the lower end. So yeah, you should all you should always offer an opinion if you have a good opinion to give. That's not saying like, hey, you're dumb, you, look what you just gave, this is gonna happen. Don't no need to be like that. Don't need to be rude. Just give them... just give him some some information that you've known from experience and have them have a better shift because then they're more willing to more willing to help you out when you come into an issue of maybe during med pass you're behind because you chatted with your patient for too long and this is med surge and you have five
0: patients and now you're now you're kind of behind. Another thing I want to add on is the team building skills. Be a team player no matter where you go and it's going to make your shift easier because the law of rep- rest. You, again, I can't pronounce that word. But anyways, people are going to reciprocate what you give out. It's just like the law of attraction in a sense. So for the most part, sometimes travel nurses have a bad rep that staff doesn't like them because they're getting paid more and there's those toxic cultures. For the most part, anywhere we have worked, Texas, San Diego, the different parts of California, we've had a good experience where we showed up to the unit. We have a great work ethic. We put in our effort, people were thankful for us coming. They always say thank you at the end of the shift for coming in, helping out. And throughout the shift, when you help out or you, you could even ask the smallest thing, you might be busy, you might have to catch up on charting, but ask them if they need help. Mm-hmm. It just goes a long way because it shows them that this is not just another travel nurse that's selfish. Or maybe you're a staff nurse, you're new to the unit, that's just showing that you are there for the team, you are there for the whole entire unit. And it's almost like that military mentality where there's no man left behind. Mm-hmm. No matter how behind you are or maybe your team team uh, team is, you're still going to help out to bring each other to the end goal, which is finishing your shift. Yeah. Yeah. If I have to say what has San Diego or what
1: has this contract in San Diego taught me is definitely communication, how important it is to ask for help and just come into unit wanting to help. Let's try to make this day a better day for the patient than it has in the past. Sometimes we, we come in there just to do our job, which, which is okay, you're, you're paid to do your job, but it makes you feel a little bit better when you come in there with the goal of, hey, let's have this patient have a better day today than they had the day prior. And that's kind of what we try to usually do is, I'm here for this patient today, let's give this patient the best care I could give for this day I know it might be rough sometimes it might suck but I get to go home so let's make this experience as valuable and as beneficial it is to the patient because if you had that mindset it's going to be the best experience for you as well because if you teach them something you're mostly going to learn something from the lessons you gave to that patient but they're also going to potentially also give you a lesson back or they just be more or they might really show you more gratitude. They might be like, oh, thank you. I haven't had anybody do that for me for a while. Because sometimes it's something so simple, like a warm washcloth. Sometimes patients don't have any warm water at hospitals. And it's like when it was last time a patient's been there for like two weeks, they might have not gotten any kind of warm water to wash themselves with in those two weeks. We do the, the the um, what was it called again? I've been off work a week and I forgot. The chloroxidine baths. And those are we try to warm them up, but by the time you bring those, bro. yeah. But by the time you bring those wipes to the room, they're kind of already cold. And once you get done with the first pack, the rest of them are already cold too. So something so simple, just like a warm towel or a warm washcloth, just makes it seem less of a prison.
0: And kind of thinking, uh, if you're past your contract, to what I mentioned in the previous debriefing, you can work part time, or you can pick up a PRN shift, like I did. I only worked. I realistically only worked one shift for the past three months. Yeah. That was for me just working a day shift. I'm like, okay, I can do this. And then I'm like, okay, I just got not lazy, but they're, I was just busy with things, never got back into it. That orientation shift that I mentioned in previous episodes, I have not got paid for it. I'm just going to settle my piece there. I'm not going to go after this company. Mm-hmm. They could keep the couple hundred bucks because after the fact, they told me that, you, you're gonna get paid for that re- orientation. It's sitting in the bank. You just have to go pick up a shift at that hospital mm. and there hasn't been any shifts availability. But anyways, yeah, if you're taking a travel break, you can find you can find your time by picking up a PRN where you're not committed to working part-time hours, which is maybe one or once or twice a week. or you, may, you might not want to even work four shifts a month where you're obligated through the hospital go find a little travel agency near your local city because more than likely there is going to be a staffing agency where you could just have less commitment just so you could enjoy your travel nursing break.
1: Right, and even if you do that one shift or you don't do any shifts at all, it's still not a bad idea to have because sometimes we go into our nursing breaks for two or three months and we have this fixed amount of income that we want to spend. But then, for example, your friend says, hey, you want to do this, Vacation with me for a week in in Mexico. Do you want to go? And you're like, damn, I don't know if I really want to go because, you know, I saved up this money. I was gonna lay low for these three months, and I'm not sure if like you could say afford it or or whatever. So this gives you a chance now to pick up a shift because you you had that, and you're gonna get paid a good amount because you're picking up a shift in a facility that that needs a nurse, and they need a nurse bad. So you're gonna get paid a lot more than a typical. A staff job that you would go prn for right you can make a decent amount of money so it's always good to have it in just uh a, in, a, in a back pocket just in case maybe something happens and you really don't want to commit to another contract but this might give you just enough hours and, and enough money to hold you on to the you know the the month that you actually want to want to travel nurse with it's not bad
0: and to be honest if i was a staff nurse right now looking back instead of picking up an extra shift in your home unit or your hospital go find a pr and agency go go pick up a shift Th- there's a difference between me when i was looking at the um, the hourly pay it matters to me i was i would be getting paid 40 per dm at a hospital versus 80 at a staffing agency what is that 200 percent more mm-hmm. you're going to be there for 12 hours anyways might as well reap the benefits and get paid for your job that you do so great at 200 percent more right and there's no commitment like you don't
1: you can apply, do your checklist, do your drug screening, medicals, your certifications, your licenses. Once that gets approved, you're not committed to having to work one shift a month. You you work at your, your leisure or your disposal. If you don't wanna pick up a shift those three months, you don't have to. You're not obligated. You're not signing any kind of contract. You're just telling them, hey, I'm available at this time. If you have anything to go open, let me know. If you don't, that's fine, I'll pass, right? There's no obligation of you having to work once a month or once in this three month time frame. They just want you to have a profile on, on file, have your medical in check, have your documentation in check, just to make sure you're
0: ready to go in case you
1: you want to sign up for a shift. So that's nice. And now
0: some of these agencies are so high tech where they have an app. So in my, in my boat, I had a text message, hey, here are all the availability for shifts. What do you want to pick up? With these new apps now, it's almost like Vivian in a sense where you see all the shifts on the app, you select your dates, You come in, you clock, and you do everything on the app, and you get paid. Mm. So it's a very simple process. And yeah, what's new going on for us? So Peter came back. You re-signed your contract in San Diego. So we're going to go back to, uh, to San Diego and chill. I'm actually still in the process of signing a contract. There was a lot more pushback with me because I didn't renew. So technically, I'm signing a new contract. So that ICU manager had to reach out to the vendor the vendor is the middleman between the agency and the hospital. There's a manager there that coordinates everything. So the manager had to write in, the hospital manager wrote an email to the vendor, which went back to the agency to open up a position for me. Uh, now, what happened is uh, we have a uh, date selected just because of TrafCon. I got approved for the date, but now they took away my RTO. So now we're juggling back and forth, making sure my approval is done. Um, And one thing I hope is I don't have to go through all the modules and all those tests and EKG rhythms that I did prior to signing the same same contract. Because this specific hospital system, they're very meticulous with all the continuing education and modules that you have to complete before you start your contract.
1: Yeah, like hopefully you don't have to do the whole orientation
0: process again.
1: but. Which I
0: actually won't mind because I'll yeah. chill there for a week. <laughs> right. I was
1: about to say, which actually isn't that bad. Like It sucks having to wake up early and having to be there for six hours, eight hours, however long they want you to be there for for two days. And It's, it's mundane. It's, it's exhausting. But
0: would you rather be on a unit? Of course. Let me just go do my job and let me be on my phone versus, I don't want to say phone as if I'm not doing anything, but let me just have my regular routine versus sitting in class and looking at a module of how to use lift equipment and then... Going to a scavenger hunt, asking every you know nurse where where is the med where is the EKG machine, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm past that. It's not bad though. Like I would,
1: if I could do two, <laughs> if my work in a hospital consisted of two days off unit of just learning stuff, doing some paperwork, and one day of on unit actual patient care, I would probably choose that. I mean, who wouldn't mind you know that? What I'm saying
0: who wouldn't mind yeah.
1: that? Yeah, so it's not bad. You get basically get paid for the whole day. Sometimes you m- might be able to leave an hour, two hours earlier. Maybe you get that scavenger hunt done a little bit quicker and just say, hey, it took me a little bit longer, all that kind of stuff. You know how that, how that works.
0: And then one thing I really wanted this contract around, which I told myself I am done with nights. I am retiring, but yet I'm signing a contract for Knights again. We try to find rates in San Diego because we're, we're, we like to take time off. And we're only doing three months this year. We're going to go to Thailand, hint, hint, for those that no, don't know, you, we're gonna have some awesome vlogs there. But anyways, we're going to go to Thailand for three months. So we need to make the most out of the three months. So the weekly rates matter. If there's contracts that are paying you four or five hundred bucks less a week, that might add to four or five K a, a month or in the three months. So we need to maximize that. And the, the contract that paid the most is the job that Peter's currently at. So why not just sacrifice the three months of working night shift again? To reap the benefits and enjoy your vacation because you brought in more income. Yeah. We could have went to
1: like the Bay Area or Northern California and done days and probably made the same amount as we do here on nights. But we didn't want to sacrifice everything. We have a few friends already in San Diego. We have already a place picked out. Like we like to enjoy the places that we travel to. And without a doubt, I could we could say that we've enjoyed San Diego a lot more than we've, for example, enjoyed Oakland, area. the area.
0: Full experience.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah so that was kind of our selling point is if we stay in San Diego, we're going to need to find a highest paying contract in San Diego. And we did, but we had to make the sacrifice of working nights instead of days. But the sacrifice that we didn't make is to our leisure, which would be going to the Bay Area, somewhere in other California, where we would be working days, but then everything else would kind of be less enjoyable because you can't do too much surfing in the Bay Area. The weather's not always the best in a, in a Bay Area. And... You know, we're not bay area people we're san diego people yeah yeah you know let I'm the saying? hair flow bro we got tijuana half an hour away if you want to party and get reckless and find some danger we got it you know you can't find any danger in in um in the bay area where are you yeah, gonna go canada just
0: needles bro you might get yeah, it exactly yeah. out there.
1: right right now if i'm looking at it i'd rather take a bullet in tijuana than a needle in san francisco
0: yeah do that right now it's fair enough and to be honest when it comes to nights days is just busy let's call what it is there's that difference so even though we're going to be fighting our biological circadian rhythm being tired at least in those 12 hours we might have some downtime if we're not floating too much where we can work on other things or catch up on personal life so then when we are off we're a lot more organized and structured we could enjoy our free time versus days you just get out and you never had time to take care of any personal items or we couldn't work on the podcast or sometimes you review like episode timestamps for the podcast on your night shift when you have downtime mm. or whatever it is so nights do have you know there's perks there's definitely perks yeah and i haven't i haven't nailed it down i've been doing basically nights for the last
1: year because we started travel nursing last september as well or october technically yeah so i've i've been doing nights ever since october of of, of last year so i haven't nailed it down if you get that three in a row, it's great. If you can't, it's kind of rough, but the last night that you work, it's always beneficial to just stay up all day the day you get off. That's what we're gonna maybe try to implement. You could try it, it's hard at first, but give it like two or three weeks, i just feeling like crap for those two or three weeks and then your body just gets used to it and then for overall, the next two and a half months are pretty solid. And then at that, I'm ready for it.
0: Yeah, guys. So thank you for tuning in on these debriefings. They are out on the podcast now. So hope you guys are enjoying them. It's an extra episode for you guys to listen to, not only on the Fridays, but we'll be releasing them every week pretty consistently, hopefully, as we're doing our travel nursing. So right now, we're just sharing our experience, what we learned, what's the next steps, and the following debriefings as we're going to be in San Diego, as we're going to be working our shift. We'll go more into a case study of approach, right? And just talking about our patients and what we're learning. So hope you guys enjoy those for what's to come. Thank you so much, guys. Bye-bye.